0: Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So, join MM Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign.
1: And now, for the introduction of our players... My name's Chris Nizek, and I'll be playing Silas Flamworth, some of the Flamworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own.
2: I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, son of the enigmatic Winter Wind and rookie Elemental Mage.
0: My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant
2: scion of a powerful magic family.
3: I'm Phil Vecchione, and I will be your GM. Happy prom. <laughs> she gives you a hug.
2: I drop to my knees, and louder than I should, I say... Oh, God, I spoke harshly to two of the most powerful people in the world.
3: <laughs> they both, like, turn and look at you. Earlis raises her hand over the two of you, and you feel better. You don't feel as exhausted.
1: Oh, good. I am, I'm, I'm passed out and sleeping and having a pleasant dream now.
3: Bo's like, oh, I can wake him up. Silas, Silas, come back. Nah, I open my eyes. And you feel, like, a little more rejuvenated, like you've been healed. Mesime sits up, like rubs her head and she's like, oh my God. And then like looks around and she's like, where are we? The back rooms? I think still, (sighs) what the hell are these? It's like a trans-dimensional space. Okay. Do you remember any of it? I remember all of it. Okay. I've been entwined with your soul. I remember the parts where I was entwined with you. I don't remember the parts of the other part of me. I feel a little ripped apart. You look nice. A little disheveled, but you look nice. You look exactly the same as you did when you shoved your soul inside me. It sounds wrong when you say it like that. <laughs> I said it was okay. Sure. Is it still prom? Yeah. This is a lousy place to take me for prom. <laughs> I took you to the prom. I mean I will take you back to the prom. Do you want to go to the prom? I do. Mom, can I go to the prom tonight? Earless shakes her head. Yes, of course.
1: You you just got reconstituted. You sure you don't want to go lie down or make sure that you're okay?
3: Victor's like, we should probably take her back to the Vale to have the doctors. Mesime holds up her hand and she's like, Mr. Flamesworth, I understand. I should probably be looked over and that I have experienced a rather traumatic event, but it's prom tonight and I would very much like to at least get one dance with your son before this night's over. And Victor's like, okay, well... If we're gonna do this, he's like, I suspect we should do it right. Come here, Silas.
1: I walk over there.
3: And I stumble he, over there. Now you actually feel okay. Okay. You still have that D10 stress, but you are no longer exhausted. You have been re- like rejuvenated. You're like soul worn. Yeah. Yeah. That D10 is like your soul hurts right now. Physically, you feel fine. Victor comes over and he like fixes your your lapel and your bow tie, and he's like, "This should do." And he uh, lets go and. All of the rips in your clothes close up. Any of scuffs and dirt fall off of your tux.
1: Cool, now do
0: T. Yeah, T who's like missing a sleeve on his, on his tux. <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> he walks over.
3: Got you, and he's like, just make a few adjustments. Earlis produces a prom dress and then produces a wall of ice to um, give Mesame some privacy.
1: I mean, if your mother's your fairy godmother, that's kind of neat. Bo will bounce over first to help her get the dress on. Mhm, and bounce. It's totally bounce.
0: It's a bounce.
3: <laughs> yeah, Bo winds up hugging Mesame, and then Mesame's like, "So you and T? Really? When did that happen?" You just hear like Bo talking to her, and eventually the ice wall falls, and Mesame is in a icy blue prom dress, very faint blue. It has little bits of what look like crystal woven into it. It's clearly ice. So, um, are we going to prom?
1: Yes, we're going to prom right now. This seems weird, but we'll do it.
3: Victor's like, we'll go out through the portal at Creekside, one dance, and then you come back and we're going to the Vale.
2: Silas, can we be friends again? Yes, we can be friends again. (laughs) I don't want to play that up anymore tonight. Are are we
3: done with the undercover garbage, Dad? (laughs) Done enough for now.
1: Okay. Come on, boys. As we're walking, you know, everybody thinks that you left school and transferred somewhere else and we don't get along anymore
3: well then everybody's going to have something to talk about on monday
1: i guess so i'm not missing my prom and oh also some people think that you have mono or had mono
3: well i've gotten better i just wanted to let you know sure mono sounds better than any other number of rumors
2: yeah i heard it was a rehab you heard it was a rehab hey
3: i heard Uh, you got i heard you got magical powers
2: uh yeah yeah i don't know
3: if we i mean i think we know each other from a couple classes but hi
2: hey I'm glad you're back.
3: Yeah. Silas told me a lot about you.
1: Hopefully all good. I'm sure you saw a lot about him too.
3: I got more from when we communed than I couldn't actually like see, like I wasn't riding inside you looking around. Oh. But when you communed, I, I could sense a lot of your thoughts. Like when we were together, I got a lot of the impressions, not all of the details.
1: Yeah, it does make a fascinating paper for like when we're in college and stuff about magical theory.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna probably need some therapy or something before I'm ready to write a paper on how my soul got torn apart.
2: But uh, let's all raise your hand if you're not gonna need therapy. She- okay. <laughs> I like him. Yeah, he's pretty good. People, I'm getting that a lot tonight.
3: He's the son of the Winter Wind. Yeah, what is that?
2: You
1: don't know? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Is that a thing? I mean, big time renegade. It's definitely. A maybe thing. undercover he's with not the veil. A renegade. Really? Yeah.
3: Which one is it? Is your dad a renegade?
2: Is Victor still within earshot?
3: Nah, they're like, <laughs> Victor and Erlis are like talking to each other. Like, they've fallen back and like you guys are moving ahead of them. They're, they are they seem to be engaged in a conversation.
2: Well, of course. I don't think he's a renegade. I think he was undercover.
3: Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So what happened to the guy who did this to me?
1: They took him away. Oh, good. Your he's mom like... didn't kill him, I think. Hmm. We tried to stop her from doing it.
0: You he, even helped. He, he was groaning when he got picked up. I think he's still alive. Oh, he's alive. Now. He's alive for now. I'm still a little out of it. You look tired. Yeah.
3: Just one dance.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. A slow one.
3: I've basically missed all year.
0: You
1: may have to lead.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Silas has still got it in him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not like tired, I'm just, I don't know, soul worn I guess would be the best way to put it.
3: Lost a little part of your uh, recent soul.
1: Yeah, they say the best way to to, to get that back is just to live a little.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. So let's go
1: live a little. Sounds like a plan.
3: Do you have a D?
0: Um, I did, but... She's a bad guy. I don't... She's my ex... Okay, so my ex-girlfriend <laughs> joined the cult that took your soul and then he went undercover and pretended to date her to, find out, how to co- find out where to come so that Silas could come and get your soul back out of together. And so she's wandering around out there somewhere, I assume.
2: I assume Earless didn't kill her. I gave her an opportunity to escape. I haven't let go of Messamaze my hand this entire <laughs> time.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's still holding... She's like, okay, I think I got most of that. But thank you, and um, well, I'm sure we can find somebody. <laughs> we'll get him a dance.
1: I'm sure Donatello will yeah. dance with them, potentially. That was going to be my suggestion. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. How's she doing?
1: She's probably a prom queen right now. Well, check that out. Should have been us. It should have been us.
2: You guys are my prom king and queen, no matter what they said. I don't really care about that. I'm just right. glad
1: that you're back. Glad I squeeze her hand.
3: I'm glad I'm back, too.
1: It's weird, because you never were really gone, but now it's like better.
3: Well, we can go on dates. And people won't look at you funny. I
1: don't have to stare longingly at my sword and try to talk to you anymore.
3: <laughs> she laughs and she just—it wasn't her.
1: awkward. You don't have to.
3: <laughs> she's like tea, tea. She's like, let's do this, and you guys step through the portal mm-hmm. back out into Creekside.
2: Oh
1: man, the air here smells so different.
2: Yes, it's like clean. fresh. It's like fresh and clean, instead it's of moldy carpet. I think there's still frost in my nasal passage. There's like one stable temperature here.
3: There are a number of Veil agents as you step back out, and they are basically holding an illusion to keep people from seeing anybody come in and out.
2: It's okay, boys. Official Veil business. Let us through.
3: They look at you.
2: (laughs) Okay. Sorry, I just wanted to say that.
3: It's fair. I think you've earned it. They point towards the patio, and like you guys can step out of the illusion and rejoin the prom.
0: T will stop for a second, reach into his pocket and turn off the recording on the phone. That oh, that's recording. right. That's been recording
1: forever. Oh, man. <laughs> forgot about that.
3: Okay. And you guys, like, step out onto the, you know, dance floor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, last song for tonight, everybody. Dance if you got them. You know, they put on, like, this slow song. I don't know what the kids listen to today, but Sorry. it's slow. Mesame grabs your hand. You can sleep all weekend. I
1: don't know what you're talking about. When she grabs my hand, I pull her out on the dance floor and spin <laughs> her into a position.
3: Bo is, uh, I mean, she can't actually move T, right? Like she can just, you know.
0: (laughs) Oh, T's gonna stand for just one second and just watch the two of them, kind of get a good look, and then he'll gently guide Bo out to the dance floor as well.
3: As you guys are dancing, it creates a stir because Mesame has not been seen and suddenly she's here at Prom. People keep looking and pointing. You can feel like the murmur run through Prom as people keep coming up to the two of you while you're dancing waving high and things like that. And eventually Mesame sees Donatella whisper something to her and then points over towards Gunny.
0: He will at one point drift far enough away so that while they're dancing he can take out his camera again and get a couple
2: shots for them for later.
3: Donatella walks up and is like, I I was told you (laughs) need a dance partner.
2: We should probably dance. Especially it's the last one of the night.
3: Absolutely. And she takes you out onto the floor and she's like, any friend of Mesame's
2: I feel like I've known her for a long time.
3: By the way, where was she?
2: It's a long story. She's probably the better one to tell you.
3: As the two of you are dancing, she's like, I had no idea if any of this was actually going to work.
1: Me neither?
3: I mean, I was desperate and dying, and I really appreciate that you uh, didn't panic or anything.
1: Why would I panic?
3: Because I shoved a whole sword through your chest. I
1: didn't think you'd hurt me.
3: I figured if uh, if it didn't work, it would have been a good place to have, like, ended up.
1: It would have been very odd for me, I suppose. But, yeah, the real thing is I'm not at all the same as I was when this started.
3: Yeah. I mean, communed with you a few times. I've seen your soul.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know what we do now. I mean, relax, be happy, enjoy the rest of high school, I suppose.
3: I mean, we're we're still going out, right? Yeah, of course. I didn't come back from the dead to get dumped on promenade. no no never okay good well then we can start from there
1: I mean we're gonna both go to Yale right
3: I mean that's been the plan mm-hmm I'm think I've missed some school so it's okay we'll catch you up will they'll, they'll have to be some figuring you're, that out you're pretty smart yeah well you know I know a good tutor mm-hmm he's on the academic decathlon
1: yeah I should probably get better at that oh we lost well
3: you were probably a little distracted.
1: Well, there's all this magic stuff going on and, you know, trying to get your soul put back together and...
3: I feel like there's a long story you need to tell me about <laughs> what happened.
1: And I will. But not tonight. Maybe later. We'll maybe. have some fun, but these are things worth knowing. i got to catch up on what's been going on.
3: <laughs> she laughs. She's like, yeah, but maybe tomorrow. Sure. When the song ends, like all these people like come up to Mesame and are like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. You know, taking pictures and giving her hugs and things like that.
1: And I never ever let like, go overhand.
3: All right, let's pick it up post prom. So, like
1: post prom party, post prom, or like, no, like no days par- later. There's
3: no party for you guys. What happens is after that song, Victor and Earls make their presence known at the e- at the edge of the room, and Mesume, uh needs to go back to the Vale offices to be checked out by veil doctors so do i probably uh yep you do too and since you're not going to let go of her hand anyway you guys head off to the offices you know it, it, at
1: some point during that like when we go back i eventually do because i i didn't realize that i was doing it like i just was holding on to her hand and she was holding on to mine right and we just were and we hadn't let go of each other's hands yet we eventually realized it was strange it's strange because it's a magical compulsion because we were bonded for so long, not because we wanted to.
3: I think there's a moment where you you both look down and you're still holding hands. Yeah. She, like, lets go a little. Like, is it okay?
1: Probably weird for her, too. Like, we have to, like, make a concerted effort to do it.
3: Even when you let go, you still stand pretty close to each other. Yeah. Like, when you get back to the veil, there are, like, doctors waiting. And the doctor is like, I need to examine Mesame. I,
1: I am still very interested in the idea that me and her are still partially soul-bonded
3: oh, I, I would be very okay, and from a GM perspective, I'd be very okay if you want to change one of your distinctions.
1: Yeah, my sole advice is going to be soul-bonded. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. And with all the, the positive and negatives that come with that.
3: Absolutely. I think your first occurrence of realizing that is when they take Mesime in for her examination. They, they have you sit outside, because there is a floor in the veil building in case people have, like, magical issues and things like that. So they have you sit out in the hallway you know, in a chair, and she goes inside, and you know she's nervous. Like, she's anxious because she's away from you, but you feel it.
1: Yeah, so I'm anxious.
3: So you're you're just sitting there, and it takes them some time. They check her over. They cast a number of rituals to kind of look at her soul, to look at her mana. She has to manifest her power. When she manifests her power, you feel a little cold. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Because they just need to see, like, can she still use her powers? The like, real
1: question is, can she manifest firepower? Which we don't have to answer right now.
3: Right. I think the question is, can you still manifest ice? Yes. So I think you do that, right? In the hallway? What, like, what does that look like? Just a little bit of...
1: No, I have my own sword. I, have my own. I, still have a, I still have an ice blade. Okay. It's called the Tempered Soul. It's a rapier with a clear, sharp blade of ice that's reminiscent of Messamay's blade, except the hilt and the handguard instead of being covered with ice roses. It's stylized flames.
3: So when Mesame's done, they switch places. Once you guys get into the office, Victor needs to go check on stuff. There are people that need to be talked to. But Erlis comes back in the hallway and sits down next to you while Mesame is in being examined. Hello, Silas. Hello, Erlis. It's nice to have her back.
1: It is. I agree.
3: You seem tense.
1: Yeah, because you tried to kill that kid.
3: She shrugs. Can you blame a parent? She seems oddly calm about the whole thing. Sure. I get it. Motherly instincts. You'll have parental instincts one day.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure if you get another chance, you're going to kill that kid. She shrugs.
3: Maybe he deserves a chance.
1: No, he doesn't deserve a chance. He deserves to sit in prison for the rest of his life.
3: Everybody has a chance to turn over a new leaf. If they want to. If they're willing, in their heart, they want to turn over a new leaf. Otherwise, what's the point?
1: I shake my head. I nod. I have a question. Sure. These prosperity mages.
3: Troublesome lot.
1: (laughs) They are. Did my family come by its fortune during the time before the Great Depression? (laughs) We all did. So you're all just, and me included, are just living large off of the destruction that a bunch of mages wrought before everything fell apart.
3: There were families and individuals who could keep it in check. Generate a little prosperity here, keep things afloat, that kind of thing. And then there were others that were consumed by greed, that no amount of prosperity and magic, no amount of money they generated was enough. Eventually, the veil just couldn't handle the strain of just so much money being produced by those lines. That's the difference. It's not that prosperity magic's evil, it's prosperity magic's tempting. We all did it when it was legal. I mean, there was a time when it wasn't illegal. There wasn't anything wrong with it. We all used it for a little money here, a little money there. Are the Flamesworths using it now? No, none of us are using it. We've all invested post-Depression. The thing is, in the world we live in, in the modern age, as you know it, and for me, this includes the 20th century, money became exceedingly powerful. When we were living in fiefdoms and little towns and cities, having enough wealth to own a nice house and you know have some land or something didn't upset the fabric of reality. But when all of a sudden you use your money to become a robber baron, a steel tycoon on a global scale, the veil just can't tolerate that kind of disruption. Especially if it was magically induced. Sure. So when the world started to really crave money, it just became way too tempting for people. And when it was made illegal, some people just did not want to stop. That's the truth of it. It's not that it's inherently evil. It's incredibly alluring because of where we live. And worse so now. It couldn't be worse. The lure of easy money in this kind of society? Imagine if everyone had access to it. Wouldn't you use it?
1: Must be why my parents make me have a terrible car and have to earn things. Yeah.
3: You possessed the ability, if you had wanted to learn it and cast it illegally, you could. It's got a real allure to it.
1: I'm surprised that during that period of time, if it was so prevalent and there were so many people using it, just like the internet springing into existence, how come there wasn't like a prosperity elemental that sprung into existence?
3: That kind of thing requires a lot of focus, a very concerted effort. problem is with prosperity magic, for the most part, Those people were greedy for themselves. The idea of being greedy and cooperating. If you could generate as much money as you need, why do you need anyone else? Fundamentally undermined themselves.
1: I tell Earlers about what happened at that meeting?
3: She looks at you, she's like, talk to your father yet?
1: Not yet. You should? I will.
3: What do you think that meeting was about?
1: Creating a prosperity elemental?
3: Pretty frightening concept.
1: Once it's out of the bottle, you can't put it back in, right?
3: Once it's an elemental, it's an elemental. Elemental forces are protected by the veil.
1: Wouldn't that destroy the veil? The shroud anyway?
3: The shroud's a construct, right? We created it to keep ourselves from being murdered for being powerful. So yeah, the shroud would be in direct threat.
1: Didn't the shroud get strained beyond almost what it was capable of when the internet became a thing or electricity became a thing?
3: Both of those events had a noticeable strain. The internet one, not at first, but by the time that thing became an elemental, Well, by the time they made it into an elemental, what could you do? And now look at it. You can't undo it.
1: I mean, on the bright side, everybody thinks it's just tech.
3: Sure. And in some ways, a lot of it is. But for those that know the deeper truths, there's a lot more to it.
1: It's kind of terrifying if you think about it.
3: Prosperity elemental would be a very terrifying concept. It would fundamentally change how the veil would have to operate and how the shroud would work. It would literally trigger a renegotiation of everything that. We understand it to be interesting. And with that much actual money in the real world, could do a lot of damage. We are all still essentially hiding, all of us. Well,
1: yeah, because there's way more non magical entities out there than there are magical entities. Exactly. Just like that war that I read about
3: way back in the history books. Yeah. Yes.
1: Which you were probably there for. Nah,
3: I'm not quite that old.
1: She smiles. Sorry, I didn't mean to insinuate.
3: No, it's fine. You didn't ask my age, you just guessed.
1: You kind of give off the ancient elemental vibe.
3: No, I'm pretty old. Don't get me wrong. By your scale of time, I'm pretty old. By a true elemental scale of time, I'm just a young girl. Oh. I wasn't here when the glaciers cut the lakes. So does that mean
1: like when I'm like 80, Meseme is going to be like a teenager still?
3: No, you two will grow up for a while. And then you'll learn about life magic.
1: Oh. Oh. (laughs) That's a thing?
3: It is eventually.
1: How come my grandfather
3: died, then? Choice. Huh. You can't stave off the inevitable. We're not immortal.
1: How old's my dad?
3: Older than he looks. Jeez. Ask him sometime. Maybe I will. So, are we okay? Are we okay? My daughter would still like to date you, and I'm very okay with that.
1: I mean, yeah. I think there's, like, other things to think about other than that at the moment, which, I mean, those are all good things to think about, but I'm not sure that we're not completely separate.
3: Based on that ritual, I'm not completely sure we could completely separate you.
1: Um, yeah, that makes sense. I imagine one of us or the other would have died then.
3: I think when we get down in the latter part of that ritual, the line between you and the line between her wasn't exactly clear. A little bit of you went with her, a little bit of her probably went with you, which makes you in some way connected.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, are you like going to treat me like one of your like pseudo kids now?
3: No, you're still my daughter's boyfriend, so, you know, don't hurt her feelings. Sure. Don't make her cry. Sure,
1: I don't really want to get turned into a popsicle.
3: <laughs> Do you think that I really just walk around freezing people?
1: Would I be incorrect in assuming that you don't sometimes?
3: Have I? I have. But the guy from the uh, back rooms, the one that was giving the talk, he survived his encasement. Yeah, but you encased like 20 people in ice back there. No, those stories are exaggerated. I encased him in ice. They're talking to him right now.
1: Oh. I bet he's probably telling them everything that I just speculated on, huh? Depends on what he knows. We're we're good, by the way.
3: Good. I mean, I assume I'll be seeing you around my house.
1: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good. You're still terrifying.
3: She shrugs. It's probably just my aura.
1: I don't know. Why do they call you Queen of Horfrost and Woe?
3: I think the Horfrost part's pretty obvious. Well, sure. What's with the Woe? I had some wild years. (laughs) Silas doesn't laugh. I'm laughing, but Silas just goes (laughs) pale-faced. Victor appears at the end of the hallway. Erlis. my office, now. She looks at you and she's like,
1: Dad, maybe be nice to her? I don't know.
3: Oh, it's okay. I'll handle this. I guess not everybody wants to turn over a new leaf. Come now, Victor. Scold me. Let's get it over with. Do you go back to the Vale or do you guys just go home that night?
0: He's gonna take both hand and go. I'm exhausted. Want to go take a nap?
3: Wow, you do know how to sweep a girl off her feet. Where are mm-hmm. we napping?
0: You could take her to Como Park, the top of the sledding hill. Perfect. Yeah, just sit out under the stars and take a nap.
3: She casts a little ritual mm-hmm. so that nothing bothers you guys, and you guys take a little nap. Yep. We'll just
0: snuggle up and nap together and relax. Mm-hmm.
3: As you're napping in her in your shared dream space, like sitting in a diner post prom. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was. Bonkers. Memorable prom. Memorable. Not one I can speak about to anyone. I wonder what's going to happen to Jesse and Gabby. I mean, they're fucked.
0: We'll see how Victor
3: deals with that. I mean, I got to assume, right? The Vale are going to the arrest their asses.
0: Yeah, but they're also still teenagers. So they may get off with just uh, a very, very stern warning and a lot of community service. Who knows what the Vale can do to him? I don't think he's as... Horrible, as we all think, or at least his reputation is. But then again, we don't know. Like, I can't see them locking locking them up.
3: I mean, but they're still in big trouble.
0: They're in big trouble. I mean, we've got a list of names. When we get out of here, I gotta, I gotta email him a big, big file. There's a lot of aftermath to this, and it's not over. I mean, you heard what they were getting ready to do.
3: Yeah, so we're we're teaming up on this, right?
0: Of course. Okay. Of course. (laughs) Of course. I assume that Gunny and Silas are already. Well, I'm assuming Gunny. We'll eventually come up with a plan for this, and if I know Silas, once he and Messame get through with whatever the Vale is doing with him now, he's already going to have a plan in motion for the next step, or at least he's going to be angry enough about it to do something with it. But now it's not just the three of us, it's the five of us.
3: Wow. is back. Mesime's back. And to think we all just thought she was like either in rehab or had mono or something. Broken soul. hmm That's messed up. Soul-stealing prosperity mages? What's wrong with those guys?
0: I don't think that like half the kids knew that they were sucking people's souls for this. I think that was just, just Kurt.
3: Yeah. It seems to, it didn't seem to be like everybody had like a essence thing to donate. No. It was only like a handful of people. I
0: think a lot of them was wrapped up in the idea of they wanted money.
3: Easy money's easy. Yep. All right.
0: But I'm glad you were there with me tonight.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm again, like, all right. So look, I'm pretty happy when you first asked me to prom, mm-hmm. I was just happy that we were going to prom. Me too. Right. I thought that was really cool. I didn't know it was going to be a whole secret mission for the Veil. That, like, adds a whole level of coolness. But, like, you know, now we're, like, on some sort of fail mission. hmm Is there, like, secret handshakes or anything?
0: Not that I know of. Code words? I don't know what Gunny and Silas have been doing in behind the scenes. So How I'm do you guys talk find... about this stuff? Texting. We've got a secure phone line. Well, like, you know about oh. you know, the secure phone line that Archie gave us.
3: Do I get in on that?
0: Yeah, we'll definitely get you involved in that.
3: Awesome. Is it just for work stuff or, like, you know, no memes, no... No funny, no funny gifts or anything. Just
0: you know. I don't know. We haven't we haven't discussed that much yet.
3: I just I don't want to be weird. Like I don't want to be weird to the rest of the group. Putting you know, like you know, cat pictures or something into the chat.
0: I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to to put speedo shots on there myself. So
1: flash forward to Bo being in the chat and she putting a cat meme in there, and Silas putting like a little dog dog with a with a Christmas <laughs> hat meme in there.
3: <laughs> the um, door opens. The doctor is still standing in the room. And uh, Messamate comes out and she's like, well, I'm still a mage. And apparently I have a whole soul plus a little or something.
1: Yeah, I'm getting that based on the fact that I felt everything that you were feeling.
3: Cool. I guess we're going to find out if it works in reverse because it's your turn. Great. Cut over to Gunny. Where's Gunny after all this happens?
2: I go back to the Vale.
3: You go back to the Vale offices? I do. Okay. You come in and there's all sorts of commotion going about. There are a handful of teenagers that are, like, being hauled off to detention centers. Somebody's like, can I help you? I don't know. Were you at the prom?
2: Yeah. Henrik Gunderson, you were not apprised of...
3: Is there somebody in particular you talked to?
2: Mr. Flamesworth.
3: Uh, just sit down for a second. They make a quick call. Okay. A Vail agent would like to, um, debrief you on what happened.
2: Sure, sure, okay.
3: They take you up to a room, get you, like, some pop and a snack. Woman comes in with like a little recorder. Hi, I'm Agent Miller. You are
2: Henrik Gunderson.
3: Henrik Gunderson. Henrik. All right, or do you have
2: something? Everybody calls me Gunny.
3: Sure, Gunny. So you were at prom tonight. Um, and according to Mr. Flamesworth, you were undercover
2: at the prom. That is correct.
3: Okay, then I am here to just get the relevant details of everything that happened tonight. Of your best recall, just take
2: me through. I fought. Earless. I'm terrified. <laughs> it shouldn't be funny, but I, I'm, I'm terrified and I'm also laughing. Well, like all three of us. Sometimes Four of us. We, some... we, we stood toe-to-toe with this woman and tried, like, what?
3: So I think what would be good is if we backed up, just took the story back a bit and, you know, take me through how you wind up standing toe-to-toe with Earlis.
2: Okay. I bring you to the beginning probably start from identifying that there were prosperity mages doing something Mm -hmm. in the guild i do not mention casey by name okay and i kind of lay out the sequence of events
3: do you say to her that you casted prosperity magic
2: at the behest of mr flamesworth to facilitate my cover i played along with their plan and cast prosperity magic
3: i see Mm -hmm. okay please continue
2: And then the guy showed up, and they were going to do this big ritual, and they apparently want to create a prosperity elemental, essentially, is what their plan looks like.
3: Her eyes get kind of wide. Like For the most part, she's been kind of cool looking Mm -hmm. through it, but like her eyes widen as you start talking about this part.
2: And um, I don't know how much we've disrupted that by taking that guy into custody, but... There are other agents figuring that out right now. And you hear some
3: commotion in the hallway. You hear some yelling. You hear some people running around. A door slams like open shut. Uh, Just a moment. She gets up and she opens the door. And you see like a couple of people in suits go running by. Sit tight. And she hits pause and puts the recorder in her pocket. I'll be right back. And she leaves the room and leaves the door ajar.
2: Oh, I'm going to peek out the door.
3: (laughs) You hear somebody, like, in the room next to you. You hear somebody like, the fuck happened? I don't know. We were questioning him, and he just turned to ice. Yeah, she's not terrifying at all. And they're like, What do you mean, just turn to ice? Well, we were asking him, you know, questions. He was starting to answer, and then all of a sudden, like, this patch on his face turned into, like, a crystal, and within seconds, it spread over him completely, and and that... You can't see from where you are, but you could peek if you wanted to. Oh, you're damn right I peeked. And you see Kurt. He's sitting in a, in a room just like you. There was a recorder, and his hands are on the table, and his mouth is partially open, and he is just a frozen statue. Okay. They don't, they don't actually see you, right, because they're just talking. Yeah. The one agent's like, I don't know, he was stalling us the whole time. I don't think we were going to get anything out of him, but I don't know what set that spell off. Somebody's got to tell Mr., you know, Agent Flameworth. I don't want to tell Agent Flameworth. (laughs) And he's like, fuck it, I'll go tell him.
2: I scoot back to my room.
3: And then Victor, he comes down, you hear his footsteps, and he pokes his head in the room, and he's like, Henrik, are you okay? I'm,
2: for the most part, I'm, I'm okay. Just a little commotion next door. Nothing for you to worry about. Do you need anything? Oh, I'm sure it's nothing for me to worry about. Do I need anything? I could use another Coke. I'll get somebody to bring you over something. How long has my dad been pretending to be a renegade for the veil?
3: And he steps in the room and he closes the door. If that is a conversation you want to have, that is a conversation we can have at a different time. There are a number of things I need to deal with right now.
2: Totally understand.
3: I promise you I can explain everything.
2: I look forward to it very much, very much.
3: Let me just check and see what's going on in the room.
2: Trust me, Kurt's not going anywhere.
3: You hear him mouth the word, fuck, as he, like, loses a little bit of composure,
2: and he, like, collects himself. All right. You didn't think she actually wasn't going to go through with it. I mean, for a half a second in the room there, when you showed up, I thought, we did it. We did it. We didn't.
3: He walks into the next room. He looks. Did not anyone check him for curses? No, like, we checked him for wards and stuff like that, but we we didn't detect any curses. Well, clearly he was cursed. Anybody know what triggered it? No? I bet I know who it is. And he stops for a second, and I know where she is. And he, like, stomps out of the room. And now to replay that moment, (laughs) when he yells at her from down the hall, Erliss turns and looks at you and goes, I guess somebody didn't turn a new leaf. And she gets up and walks down the hallway. Okay, Victor. It's really cryptic. At the end of the night... After you've been examined, Silas, Victor is like, I'm going to take you home. Erlis is going to take Mesame home. I need to talk to Henrik for a few moments, but I need you to.
1: Is it okay if I. I mean, can I just have the car so I can take Mesame home? Like it's prom, right? Like I should just be able to take her home.
3: Are you okay for driving? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, yeah. Take Mesame home, come home and get some rest. Sure. Tomorrow is Saturday. I would like to see. Heinrich, T, and yourself at the house on Sunday afternoon.
1: Uh, sure. Actually, just give me one second. I pull out my phone. I just text everybody. Meet at my house to talk with my dad on Sunday morning. There'll be
3: donuts. Bing. Uh, Agent Miller comes back in the room and is like, with all the events of the night, Agent Flamesworth mm-hmm. is going to be unable to speak to you tonight, but uh, I believe there's going to be a invite for you to speak to him very soon. Okay. And then your text.
2: Bing. Yeah. Well then.
3: In the meantime, if I can just sit with you for a little bit longer, finish off your recounting of events, and Mm -hmm. then let's get you home before it gets too late. Okay, sounds good. You drive Mesame home. You're going to drop me off at my house all the way over here? Yeah, yeah. And then you're going to drive all the way over there?
1: I mean, that's the plan, unless you want me to stay.
3: Oh, I don't know.
1: Seems like a little bit much.
3: My mother seems like she's in a mood. And yeah. Just going to be weird being this far apart for the first time in months.
1: Well, I will call you and talk to you as I'm driving home.
3: I appreciate that. Also, I have been an incorporeal soul for a um, bunch of months.
1: Maybe you might want to take a bath. It might feel great.
3: Sure. That sounds great. Um, I might also want a coffee
1: Well, let's when go I get wake a...
3: up in the morning.
1: Okay. Well, I will bring you a coffee in the morning then.
3: That's what I was getting to. Maybe you'll be there for breakfast.
1: I will be there for breakfast.
3: I would like that just fine.
1: So I pull up to Messamay's house and I get out of the car and I open the door for her. And she gets out in her beautiful blue dress. Mm -hmm. And I walk her up the walk to her door.
3: Why does this feel like our first date? I mean, we've been dating, but it still feels strange and different.
1: Well, we are strange and different compared to what we were before. Also, there's that whole thing where I don't have to have my memory wiped now.
3: I mean, I was always rooting for you to have powers. I mean, you didn't know. I would have still kept eating you. Maybe. I wouldn't have known who you were. I had a few arguments with my mother. I'd have met you again. You mean you knew about the mind wiping? My mother was very direct with me when we became, very, when we became serious. She didn't say it in so many terms, but she told me it was an untenable relationship.
1: Oh, I understand.
3: But I was determined But apparently they mind wipe people.
1: That aren't magical, that are born into magical families? Yeah, too hard to keep the secret.
3: Oh, that sounds pretty terrible.
1: It is. That's why when I go to Yale, I'm going to go to law school for the veil and figure out how to get that law changed.
3: Look at you, man with a mission. Not just conquering grades.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's the point of that if you can't do something with it?
3: I like it. You're probably going to need a study partner.
1: I would imagine so. I didn't think I'd know what I want to do so quick, but you know. Law, huh? Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Got an interesting ring to it.
1: This is the sexiest conversation we've ever had.
3: Maybe you're rubbing off on me. Maybe. Anyway, I guess I'm supposed to go in?
1: Yeah, I guess. And that's when I uh, I lean in and I kiss her on the cheek.
3: She accepts the kiss on the cheek, but then turns her head mm-hmm. and kisses you.
1: And I kiss her back very, very
3: passionately. You did a really good job putting me back together. Thanks. I got a, got a much bigger thank you planned for when I'm not soul burned and have been scanned by half the veil.
1: <laughs> I, uh... Not sure what you're talking about. I actually have a pretty good idea what you're talking about. We can just take our time. It's not a big deal. Like, you've been back in the world for less than 24 hours.
3: You already get it. I'm not rushing. I'm just really excited to be an actual physical person again.
1: I'm looking forward to us being able to go catch a movie. And then, you know, maybe go play some skee-ball.
3: Yeah, I like the idea of uh, us spending time not communed in, you know, the basement of your parents' house.
1: Yeah, maybe we can actually, you know, it's getting warm outside. Head off to the beach one of these days or...
3: damn, eventually it's going to get warm. Mm -hmm. It's already May. School's going to be done soon. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck school. Well, school will be done for you. i got a feeling I'm going to be spending a whole summer in school.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe we can get you caught up quick enough that you can pass your finals.
3: I don't know. I don't know how we do that without any magical intervention. And honestly, it might be okay to just go to class for the summer.
1: Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Get back to that normal routine.
3: I'll probably need a tutor. You know any? They need to be pretty smart.
1: Well, I do you know this guy named Gunny? He's pretty smart. No,
3: I mean, I need academic decathlon smart.
1: I mean, he's on the academic decathlon team. Mm, needs
3: to be, I don't know. I kiss her. She <laughs>, <laughs>, laughs.
1: Of course I will help you. Now go get some sleep. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Drive home
3: safely. Call me. I will. So, come Sunday. When mm. I
1: see the guys, I'm like, oh yeah, I had uh, had breakfast with Messa and her mom the other day. It was nice. How are you guys? Pretty good. I had a bit of
0: a conversation with my mom when i got home at like four in the morning wide awake
3: but uh i think things are okay
1: well you were just sleeping on the top of that hill right?
3: yeah yeah by the way quick pause you have not heard what happened to Kirk. he's about to yeah anyway i'm gonna take that off pause because
1: that's why i'm so calm about everything mm. right now
0: and i've got a i've got a flash drive here for your dad what's on it i was recording the entire time we were there from the point that we stepped oh. in till we uh, till after oh, we came damn. back through the portal so we he, we've got Bad guy's conversation, Kurt's conversation, all the sound effects from our fight, our discussion with Earlis when, when she showed up, the ritual itself. Interesting. And our discussion afterwards. Anything that I was near. I that mean, that
2: is going to be
3: very interesting. Someone muffled in his pocket. Yeah. But, you know, the highlights are there.
0: I'm assuming that, they, that there are some magical mages who will pull something out of that.
2: How are you? I'm glad I'm as charming as I am. Why is that? Because she got him. She got who? Kurt. What are you talking about? Whatever she did before your father walked in, it worked. I look at you quizzically. I was there being debriefed by an agent, and he was in the room next door. Kurt was in the room next door. And then he froze. She cursed him, and it was just on delay. And at some point during the interrogation, foop, froze to death.
1: Fuck. We didn't save him?
2: No, we didn't.
1: God damn it.
2: I mean, part of me is not surprised at all. Me neither. But...
1: I thought we saved him.
2: Yeah. Your, your dad was pretty pissed about it, too. Well, no doubt.
1: Come come on in, guys. Yep. Yeah. I walk up the stairs to my dad's office. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. I knock on the door. Come on in, boys. Got something here for you.
3: Oh, thank you. Why
1: didn't you tell me that Erles killed Kurt?
3: I was going to tell you.
1: Why did I have to hear it from him?
3: Oh, because Did I jump the gun? <laughs> it's fine. He shakes his head. Honestly, I was just trying to I let just you had have breakfast with her. Yes, well, I had a long evening of conversing with her and was pretty tired yesterday, so I didn't tell you. She cursed him. Apparently, according to her, as long as he didn't lie, the curse would remain at bay. She gave him a shot. What are you going to do about it? It's being discussed. She's also earless. So what, some people just don't have to pay attention to the laws? No, there'll be some penalty for it. But honestly, she'll argue her case well enough. Distraught daughter's soul. It's not going to take much to convince a panel of judges. She'll Something will come of it. She's not going to get banished or anything.
2: Okay. You know, I 24 hours ago, I would have thought she'll grease this guy without a second thought. Maybe we did get through to her. She she actually gave him a chance. Yeah, but that's not how this works. But she didn't just, uh, right there in front of us. Gunny, we don't go around just subverting rules because it's convenient no, or easy
1: I, for us. Trust me, I, I mean, get it. Like, why do you think we're on these prosperity mages for throwing this prosperity magic around? Because it's illegal. Like, mm-hmm. there's reason that there's laws. Apparently, the stuff is super seductive. That's why killing somebody and just having the power to off somebody whenever you want, regardless of what parameters you put it on, it's not like some governing body decided that she could put that curse on them. She did that
2: herself. She should be punished. No, I get it. She should be in jail. I'm just saying it could have been way worse. She could have greased them right there in front of us.
1: She could have. It was probably better that she didn't, but this still doesn't
3: make it right. No. Victor, like, looks at you. He's, like, he looks over at you. He's got kind of like a proud look on his face. Like, he's just... Like, <laughs> my boy! <laughs> just like, there's like this, like this nod of recognition. Like, mm-hmm. He's doing just fine.
2: I hope he still feels like that in about half
3: an hour. He's
1: going to be even probably angrier in about two seconds.
3: So, I guess we have a lot to cover. I know you... He looks over at Gunny. I know you've debriefed with one of my agents and I've got the transcript of your conversation. Can I talk to Gunny privately for just a moment?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. T, you want some donuts? Yeah, let's get some donuts.
2: Let's go get some, we got some Paulas in the other room. Save me a good one. Sure. Thanks.
3: Motions to the chair as they leave and close the door.
2: I look around. It's weird being alone in the office with you, sorry.
3: <laughs> I mean, I guess. I'm definitely not just Silas's dad at this moment. Oh, of course not. But we need to talk about your prosperity magic. Uh-huh. I know you used prosperity magic to get your way in with the Worm Clan. And I signed off on that. Mm-hmm. I think that was a, the only way you were going to legitimately get in with them.
2: And I should never, ever do it again. Otherwise, I'm going to jail for a long time.
3: It is illegal. Yeah. There is the law. And sure that is, is true. It is also addicting. You're not the first person who's used prosperity magic. It's addicting. And it's
2: fucking easy.
3: Yes. The Veil has counselors to help you overcome the addiction of wanting to cast it, but you need to be willing to do the work with
2: them. I am absolutely one hundred percent willing to sit down with counselors and do the work. After, after, after I do it one more time.
3: Victor kind of side eyes you,
2: and it's kind of dumb to tell you that I'm about to, <laughs> like that. I want to one do that one more time. One more time for what purpose? I pat my pocket because I didn't know what to do with this. I didn't want to leave it in the house. I still have the $3,000.
3: That you conjured to. Yes. As your buy-in As money. my buy-in. Sure.
2: When the event happened. You want to keep it. I didn't get to the point where I pulled it out to put it in the kitty. Okay. Do you want to keep it? I, I wanted to do one more ritual just to make it a little bigger so that my mom can just breathe easier for a little bit. And then I will sit and talk to counselors, and I will never touch it again.
3: thinks for a moment. He looks at you. I'm going to get up and go get a glass of water. It'll take me a few minutes. When I come back, you'll stop casting prosperity magic. And he gets up and walks out of the room. Okay. Cast the ritual. Cast the ritual. Gets his glass of water, and he like, grabs a donut, and he's like, Come on, boys. We can sit down and talk now. Okay. Comes back in the room.
2: So
1: as we are walking back, are we going to talk about those prosperity mages and how we're going to stop them?
3: Yeah, that's exactly what we're here to talk about.
1: Fantastic.
0: That's probably a good idea. That, that reminds me, do you need this back? And he's got the, the $3,000
3: that you gave him. He laughs and he's like, yeah, apparently nobody got back to collecting this money from you. Sure. <laughs> he takes it and puts it in a drawer. <laughs> I'll take it back to the office and check it back in.
0: I'll, I'll bring you bows in a, in a couple days.
3: Sure. Tell me what you've learned about the worms. From your experiences of the prom.
0: They are planning on getting a bunch of prosperity mages to use their summoning or their conjuring or whatever they do to make the money bigger to take the big money and put it into the blood money of their video
2: game. For what purpose? They're going to do some ritual with it. It's called the awakening. Essentially, they want to make a prosperity elemental.
1: That's my assumption anyway. I don't have, I Uh, can't corroborate that. it's, It's on
2: the... The thing I gave you.
1: Yeah, you can listen to the whole thing.
3: I've been reading transcripts of things that have happened. I'll check over your recording as well, but we were able to get a certain amount of information out of Jacob, which Mm -hmm. lines up with what you're saying. What does the blood money have to do with the ritual?
1: Blood money is the in-game currency for this video game, and you use, use real money to buy it. So they're using real money to buy fake money,
0: which is actually still a currency. And then they're probably going to use that currency, because that currency is still I'm going to assume you probably don't play a lot of video games.
3: While you're telling him this, it's less like he's asking you because he doesn't know. And more as you are getting things, as you are saying things, he's kind of mentally checking boxes. It's more like he wants to see if if you know where you are, then he needs to be schooled about stuff.
1: So did we uh, hit all the points that you needed us to
3: hit so that you could tell us what's actually going on? I mean, you guys have pretty much laid it out.
0: Do we have to get into the guild so that we can track this down and figure out what goes next?
3: I think that's going to be pretty difficult. Yeah, I know,
1: especially since Gunny's cover's been blown.
3: We sent Vail agents on Saturday to the offices of Dragon Coin Games, and it's gone. Offices are empty, devices wiped, paper shredded. Even the Call of Violence servers, the data center, it's all gone underground. They moved all of the servers onto dark web farms, server farms. It's up and running still. But even the Discord servers are closed down, but somebody's still playing that game. He um, opens up his laptop, and he turns it around to face you guys, and there's a call of violence, like the splash page to call of violence, on his laptop. It seems our raid last night forced the Dragon Cult's hand. On the screen, it says, Call of Violence, The Awakening. And there's a countdown, and it says six days, 12 hours, whatever minutes, seconds, 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 ticking down.
1: So that's happening in six days.
3: Yes. And we're not sure where, and we're not sure how. We're going to need to find out everything. Where it's being held, who's casting this ritual, how the blood money works.
1: Okay. How I'm confused. We're a bunch of kids. Yeah. What do you need us to do?
3: In order for us to have this conversation, I'm going to need you to remember our last conversation. And he reaches into his desk, he takes out a candle, puts it on the desk, and lights it.
1: And that is the end of the AP of the episode. If you want to stick around, we do our Stars and Wishes next and then have the outro.
2: All
3: right, let's talk about Stars and Wishes.
2: The, the whole Mesame revival thing was Yeah, it was good. Was I liked it. I liked it a lot.
1: Not that anybody will, will hear it, because I'll edit it out, but uh, I got to redo the thing with Kurt, and that was good, because I like the second version much better than the first one.
3: Yeah, it was really good, and it, it was, I know people won't hear it, but it was a really good use of um, our script change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was nice, you were like, you know what, pause, I want to do that again, and I was like, yeah, feel free, do it again, it, it, and it did, it sounded much better the second time around.
1: Let me include Tien in the in the situation. Yep. and
3: uh, Yeah, you got everybody back in, I thought that yeah. was really nice. Mm-hmm. That was good.
1: I like, uh, I got stars for Gunny, and Gunny and uh and Earlis chatting in the in the hallway, mm-hmm. yes.
3: Well, I got stars for all of you facing down Earlis. Like everybody's arguments were actually really
2: good. I just like that we lost. <laughs> I love when we lose. I thought I thought we were actually going to make it, and we then we came up second. that short. It and was... then I thought we won because Victor showed up in time to won. keep her. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh man, there's another shoe
1: dropping. Yeah, here at some point. As,
0: as as soon as we lost, and then that's when Victor showed up. I'm like, shit, something's
1: going down. Something something is going to be. We, we're missing. We're missing something here. Yeah. Yeah. The dejection in Silas's voice after he finds out that that, that Kurt died. I'm just so good. I like I like I'm being able to do that stuff. Mm-hmm.
3: I like that Earlis's last comment to you had
2: a lot like that conversation has a whole second meaning about turning oh, another leaf. It's so good. That was really good. <laughs> when that conversation was first happening and she was talking like that, I so wanted to say, who are you and what have you done with Earls?" Because it yeah. didn't sound like an Earless thing. Nope. <laughs> and I'm like, well that explains
1: <laughs> the uh the whole setup for that is really good too it's very th- that's a phil flex and his storytelling muscles it's very cinematic mm-hmm. like that's a very it's very much a movie tv storytelling trope and not a role-playing game storytelling mm-hmm. uh mode so very good to be able to bounce around come back him with a thing like he was angry it was going to happen we didn't have any choice in the matter because we'd already messed up the role so like you can do that stuff in a role-playing game it was nice mm-hmm. yeah
3: I mean, you guys, I thought you guys, I mean, there was a chance you guys were gonna have it. And then I rolled that, like, that was the first time that 12 all night rolled anything with double digits. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh shit, I would have actually been okay. If you had talked her down, Victor was gonna show up in the next beat anyway. Mm -hmm. It would have stood, right? Like, I was not rigging it for you guys to lose. No, I didn't think so. Yeah, it was. It
1: felt like a real, like, an an earned failure. Like, we've earned our failure because we spent, I spent most of my plot points to win that fight.
3: Which was part of the reason why, um, in the moment, I was like, Part of me was like, oh, giant spike of ice comes to the floor and just impales him, right? Or just, you know, he free- she freezes him solid or something. But when you guys had, like, you guys put so much into that role and came close enough, and then I was like, let me just let this ride.
1: Oh, man, the, <laughs> like, uh, just- the story that got told out of it is a much better story and feels much more earless. Yeah. yeah. If you would have told me that that's what, That's what it was gonna be the entire time. I would have been like, "Cool, I totally buy that." And if you would have told me like I made that up because that's who Earl is, I'm like, "Cool, I totally buy that." It's like that's good role playing, like good role, good role playing game game storytelling.
3: There was a lot of in the moment decisions, and it did take me a little work. I was at one point gonna just have him freeze as like they were walking him down the hall. I was gonna have him freeze when you came out the portal, and I kept putting it off. And I was like, "There's cooler things happening here." Mm -hmm. Like you guys were heading into the prom, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to fuck this up." I mean, I was like, at some point I'm like, I got to bring it back around. Like at some point this has to come back up or something and mm-hmm. a little ad libbing to get me there.
1: I wish I would have realized you didn't want me to pass out because Oh, I, I, know. I, I thought you were just trying to like crush me with that, that D10 stress thing. I'm like, I get why. Like I also would have been funny if it was just give me a trait that said D10
3: soul worn. Yeah. I just, I, what I really wanted was I just, I wanted, you could have passed out right after she woke up. I mm-hmm. just wanted, I didn't want her to wake up to any other character sure
1: yeah that so makes sense that's
3: why i was like oh pause rewind because i want i wanted the first person she saw to be the person who put her back together
1: yeah yeah, that yeah. makes sense
3: i just i just felt like in the moment that was the scene we needed to see i
1: i, uh, I love this new dynamic too where we're soul bonded yeah with all the good and bad that comes from yeah, that i'm looking yeah. forward to seeing
2: where that goes because that's going to be fun
3: that's going to be interesting like long term <clears throat> That's an interesting... Even when, you know, when the campaign's over, we get to yeah. epilogue stuff. There, like, that's going to be interesting.
1: There's a version of this setting that I would love to play another, like, story in, which is not us playing these characters, but us playing different characters in college. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I would love to play Mesame in college. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, maybe... Maybe one day we'll at, do it one-shot some or something. I, I was actually thinking... I would, even, I would like even like a mini like four sessions or something like sir, that. Sure.
2: I was actually thinking just the other, like a day or two ago, it would be interesting to see where these characters are like 10 years from now.
1: I, I'd love to see them in college, like in their, like their third or fourth year of college. I think that'd be a fascinating story to tell with these characters. Or, or, or the characters that have existed inside of this game, right? Sure. There's like an, and then there's like a third part to that too, where we're, we're adults, like actually out of college. I, I'd, I'd love to see those stories. I don't know what those stories are, but I think they'd be fascinating.
3: I mean, there's nothing to say we can't ever come back to, uh, to these characters, like you said, for a one-shot kind of thing, just mm-hmm. to see whether it's on mics or off mics or whatever, but like, you Oh, I'd know.
1: love to do it on the mics. Oh, I know. I love these yeah. characters. I like, I like the setting so much and these characters so much, so.
3: Uh, I will give a star out to you guys. You guys did a nice job putting together what's, uh, what's going down.
0: I just enjoyed the interplay between Silas and Mesime when she came back. Mm -hmm. oh yeah that was that was just a lot of fun to watch how they fumbled through the idea of you know what have they all been through all this time it's pretty impressive
3: on one hand it's silas and Mesame, right so like there's Mm -hmm. an element of we pick up right where we left off but then there's also like we have both been
1: through a thing permanently Mm -hmm. changed Mm
3: -hmm. Mm yeah that i I think we'll see a little bit more in the next story
1: and i hope i hope at least initially i I like made that very clear like silas is kind of wonky about the whole thing a little bit not like with Mesame, just in general.
3: I mean, one, it's weird. Two, you've been changed, and then on top of that, Silas has also changed. Yeah, like both of those things are true. I think, as a wish for the next story, I'd like to see. I'd like to see you go through some of that, not in a like hard, terrible, dramatic way, but just highlight some of the things about what his, what's now different with you and Mesame, But what's it like with you two, soul bonded, and how does that work? Yeah,
1: I've, that already, kind of thing. I've already tried showing off a little bit of it.
3: Yeah. I think that'll be exciting to see.
1: You did a good job with that too by being like, you feel her anxiety. I'm like, oh great.
3: Yes, oh great. That's uh-huh. as yeah. if I needed to feel somebody else's emotions.
1: Okay, I'm just going to pl- spend some more experience points to get my emo go- to go up another die. Yeah. Get to that D8 and so that D6 that I got. There
3: you go. Um, uh, I, I always like T and Bo. Yeah. That, that, uh, yeah. That, that couple is totally working for me. <laughs> like, it's cute. It's adorable. They're like wholesome and fun.
0: That, that's another relationship where there are some metaphysical deeper soul explorations going on because they can because of the dreaming the dreaming
3: yeah they can have much deeper conversations like you're in like the safest space Mm -hmm. oh i'll i will give a star to um gunny just being like so how long has my dad been undercover
2: (laughs) i almost came off the dance floor when the last song was done like to back off and hit, cuz everybody like kind of rushed in to, mm-hmm. to talk about mess to talk to mess main one i almost sli- slid myself over to victor and erliss <laughs> and dropped it there and then i went mm, not yet <laughs> but it was bold like that's a bold call like gunny did a lot of bold stuff tonight yeah, he mm-hmm. did. <laughs> and gunny's not sure how he feels about
3: <laughs> no i thought actually your whole interaction with agent miller like just i yelled at earlis to like i showed like i faced out
2: yes earlis yes i threw gusts of wind in her face to keep her from killing a dude <laughs> you know what I, you know that worked for
3: you you know what i got
1: stars for today the dueling was so much smoother today than it's been at any other time in the past yes
3: yeah but, it's like, taken us those, only a year yeah but those, 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 we were good at we it we flew
1: nice. through those those yeah. duels building building dice pools even big dice pools
3: mm-hmm. I, I gotta say from a gm side like i was really happy the way the duel came out when you needed to go big like you were able to go big oh yeah like the dice worked for you well i also set myself up to do no, it. no i mean it's good though but i mean like dice are fickle right like the odds were stacked in your favor but i have statistically shown i can roll higher than normal <laughs> when push comes to shove but i was actually really happy that play where you put the two, 12s. the 12 and the the 12 and the eight where i was like Oh, I'm screwed.
2: Yeah the two uh, the two effect dice. Even
3: if I even if I concede this challenge, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was really good. Like it was a nice. Um, hey, there was a
2: reason I did it on purpose. Yeah,
3: it was a good one two punch. So I really liked how that played out without us having to do anything out of game to make it cinematic. Like yeah, yeah. It ended it ended the way I was hoping it would go.
1: So one of the nice things about this game is that if you're uh, if you, if you understand how the game works, you can do those things.
3: Yeah, you can start. Get, if you got if you got points and you know how the dice are going to pull, like that
1: thing, it, it leads into that thing with Earlis with when we lost. Like I was looking around at the table, I'm like oh we're fucked. We have no plot points
3: on the table. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm like I, when I looked around, I'm like no, we're in trouble. Like we, we we probably don't win this
3: this exchange. If I had just rolled like a one or one of those like just kind of meh rolls, like, you had a good chance. Yeah, but... like I
1: said, we probably don't win this exchange. Yeah.
3: Yep. Which is okay. She, I mean, to be honest, she's an elder mage. Like oh yeah.
1: Yeah, it just shows that this the, the the plot point in this game. It's the uh, it's the thing that gives you any kind of control over the narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they're called plot points because they give you control over the plot. Yep,
3: yep. Also, her scale played a role because I got to go three dice on. Sure, that. I got to go three dice yeah. rather than two. Two was two was in your grasp. Three without any plot points was pretty would be pretty tough. Oh yeah,
2: it's very difficult. Yeah, at least one of those rolls in there before we hit that conflict. I should have dumped for a D four. To get an extra plot point because i only had one to start and i kept thinking to myself I, I i should do the thing and get one and i didn't feel like when i was in the moment i didn't feel like it was the right time to do it but then still my favorite there were thing no more times
3: still my favorite feature over um in comparison to fate is i don't have to go fishing to try to push points on you like mm-hmm. it's up to you yeah. Like chris did it in the middle of that fight at one point where he just like flipped his Twice. Um, yeah son of a flame worth over to, mm-hmm. to keep a plot point in play yeah, that's all I got for, for stars. Did you guys enjoy it? Yes. Oh, hell, well, hell yes. yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> I always love playing this game. Yeah. Like, these characters are, are so enjoyable, and the, the ongoing story that's here is, is so good. And it's also thematically linked together, and the tone's always right on point. Like, I don't know, this game is great. I got nothing bad to say about it, ever, really. Awesome. And,
0: and there's so much to come with the conversation next week, and then where that takes us.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, man, I can't wait to replay that conversation.
1: All right, well, we'll talk to y'all soon, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of the Shroud. I
3: know who I'm waving to. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs)